I wanted to remind us today that we're all imperfect little machines. That maybe we don't know it all. That and getting curious, genuinely curious about other people. When you ask questions about why someone thinks or feels the way they do. And if you do that, instead of automatically trying to shove your view down someone's throat or automatically making the other person or party or group wrong, you can find a lot of information that way. You are listening to What We Should Have Learned in School. I'm not saying you have to agree, but you can understand where other people are coming from. You can find those nuggets of human connection and agreement. And that becomes easier to do the more that we see the fluid changing flavor of life, the more that you see that your experience isn't the ultimate reality, that there are billions of other experiences that are no right, no more right or wrong than yours fundamentally. Because we aren't God. Even if we're educated, we still make mental mistakes. When we approach others with compassion in the midst of the storm, that's powerful. There are other tools and other ways to engage, but compassion is really effective. It's an effective method. Because from our shared commonality, we then have the ability to expand. And maybe share our experience that the other person never even considered before. We can share a little bit of what we've heard, what we've seen. Maybe a little bit of information in there. But but human beings don't tend to change from information alone. They change based on what they feel. So if they feel judged or attacked, or they feel they have to be on alert, it kind of makes sense that that really isn't a fruitful moment for growth. So in many ways, it's been an emotional year for us as a, as a larger community, as a society, as a world. And within that, we've each had our own individual experiences. So where there's been grief and loss, there's also been moments of incredible connection for some folks. Where there has been illness. There has been great opportunity for personal healing, both on a physical and mental level, as well as environmentally. We saw some improvements with our environment. So what am I getting at? I'm really trying to encourage us all today to just take a step back and really reflect on the changeful nature of life And the notion that very few instances in life can be neatly categorized as 
all good or all bad. Now, depending on your personal experience, you're going to bring forth your filter. You're going to bring forth your lived experience. But the more that we begin to look together at the range of experience that's possible, the, the range of experience and circumstance that occur not only within us, because we've likely had a whole host of personal experiences this year and different different emotions and thoughts at different moments, even in the day. Forget about week to week or month to month. But we also can see that if it isn't all black or white, if we're not always happy and we're not always sad throughout the entirety of our life, of course, folks do have clinical diagnoses, but even, even folks with clinical diagnoses experience some fluctuations in the frequency and severity of symptoms, right? There is that fluctuation, however minute. We can begin to look at that and see how that relates to how we interact with other people and with other groups, so other political groups, other religious groups, and other racial groups than what our experience is. It's very easy, the brain loves being efficient. It's very easy to just write off an entire political party, or an entire segment of a political party as crazy, wrong, and so on and so forth, just as it's easy to do that with other religious groups and other races, right? Often we don't see how biased we truly are in these kind of conversations because we feel our beliefs, we remember our experiences, and so it becomes very easy for us to get a very narrow view of what life is. The problem is there's billions of us doing that, so who really is? objectively 100% right and he's 100% wrong. The truth is none of us are God. All of us are flawed in the sense of we make mental mistakes. We have cognitive biases. And so even though we may have an emotional reaction when we're in a conversation or we see something on Facebook or social media that goes completely against what we believe about life and about society, Instead of reacting, of trying to prove our point and make the other person wrong, there is an opportunity for us, more than ever it seems, although I know that that's not true. See what I did there? Ever, ever, never. <laughs> Those things aren't usually true. It's usually not all one thing or all of another thing. Anyways, I digress. Let's focus. But uh, the beauty is when we're faced with some other belief different than ours it can be an amazing exercise to take a deep breath and really get curious. We can recognize that we've never lived this other person's experience. We don't have their life experience. We don't perhaps have the same identifying factors as they do. So we come from a different racial background, perhaps we're a different gender, perhaps we're a different economic status, right? And uh, most likely, we come from different political beliefs, even if you don't. 
here's the thing, not everyone thinks the same way. Just because you associate with a certain belief or a certain group or a certain identity, it doesn't mean that that group has a completely synonymous view of things. That statistically can't happen. So instead of projecting and believing our own story about things, it is much more fruitful to start getting a first-hand account from the person's mouth themselves. Because even if you don't agree, you don't have to agree with others. But when you, when you ask them why they feel a certain way, you can at least start to understand where it comes from. And you can recognize at least your shared humanity. That we all fall victim to reacting emotionally and logically sometimes. It's pretty common. Most of us do that. Again, I use the word all. Are you noticing how often we speak in extremes? We all do it. Or do we not? But again, really becoming aware of the language that we're using to describe ourselves and other people is really helpful. Number one. Number two, getting really curious. You may not always be able to do that. Likely you're not going to. You're just going to have some moments where you just don't have the capacity or bandwidth to truly listen or truly get curious. That's okay too. But there might be a moment where you have that spaciousness and it occurs to you. Instead of going into your pre-scripted response that you've reinforced probably many times now, you can really get curious and ask why. And from there, you can see, are there any elements of this that I can understand, that I can agree with? And then you have the potential to expand. You both have the potential to expand one another's worldview. See, here's the thing about this. When we actually listen to other people and we don't make their experience wrong or feel like we know, oh yeah, that happens to me too, oh, don't worry about it, instead of doing that, when we are quiet and we just listen, something new will likely occur to us that we didn't recognize before. So we are like little detectives. We are now smarter for the interaction. We understand better. And that is incredibly practical when trying to change anything. When you better understand something, you can better troubleshoot it. You can look towards solutions. We can look towards a collaborative effort of change versus a divisive element of stagnation, fear, anger, violence. A lot of that comes from that divisive kind of thinking, that all or none thinking, that us versus them thinking, where we're feeding our communal egos instead of actually moving in a direction that's beneficial, mutually beneficial. 